Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, oh yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. You had better wake him up, get him up, get him going. It is Hook Em Up. With E and Rod B on a Wednesday, midweek Wednesday, getting you up over the hump. And looking forward to a big-time weekend in the NFL. Also looking forward to a big-time college basketball game tonight involving your Texas Longhorns. Not a big-time college football weekend. There is one big game in college football, Army-Navy. The tradition unlike any other. But uh, other than that, Heisman Trophy presentation, some banquets. But uh, kind of the dead time of college football ahead of bowl season. But uh, that's fine with the Texas Longhorns. Their coaches are out busy recruiting. Also hitting the transfer portal. We'll get you the very latest on that. Some names emerging uh, for the Longhorns, both on the uh, high school football front, looking to close down their 2024 recruiting class and in that transfer portal, which as of last check had over 1,250 names in it as of uh, beginning on Monday, Monday when the official portal opened up. Pretty crazy times in college basketball or college football. Also college hoops tonight. It's Texas and Marquette. We'll preview that game with the Longhorns and Rodney Terry facing their former coach in Shaka Smart up there in Milwaukee as part of the uh, Big East Big 12 battle, which should be a lot of fun. So we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to being with you for five hours of tremendous conversation this morning. However you find us, we appreciate you being there on 101.9 FM, also on uh, AM 1260. Certainly can always find us. Uh, streaming as well, that uh, the numbers on our uh, downloaded Horn app and people listening daily and uh, all day long, we appreciate you. Uh, lock it in and leave it right there uh, on the Horn app today and all day, every day as we uh, climb on towards uh, the holiday season. Appreciate you being there. Also at hornfm.com across the country. And look who it is across the desk. He is our shutdown corner, uh, five hours a day, five days a week from the uh, 713 down in Houston, DB High down there. Also DBU right here in the 512, four stops in the NFL, uh, 16 years now doing great work on the radio and the media here in Austin, Texas. He is our football theorist. He is Blackstradamus, a proud of Baby Monroe, who's going to celebrate her first Christmas in a few weeks. Hello, Mr. Babers. Hey, what's up, brother? I appreciate the intro, as always, and also the hospitality. Uh, got a lot to get into on the show, so excited. Um, hopefully five hours is enough. Yeah, a lot, of hoops, a lot of hoops to get into as well. The, uh, the NBA in-season tournament, I think they're down to the semifinal. Yeah. Uh, we can get into that a little bit, but Texas uh, basketball, big game tonight. Texas men's basketball, big game tonight. Uh, so we'll get into that, and of course, uh, we're talking Texas in the Sugar Bowl, in the college football playoff versus Washington. So I've watched some more Washington uh, film, so we'll get into that a little bit. I'll tell you what concept last time for Texas offensively worked really well. It may work well again versus Washington, so we'll get into that. Before we do, shout out to those who serve. Our society built on the selflessness of service, so each and every morning we want those out there who are up early with us, who are serving our communities. Uh, we know it's an honor but also a burden, but in any which way you decide to serve a God, country, our community, we want you to know we appreciate you. Uh, soldiers, first responders, uh, officers of the law, the teachers, the nurses, uh, so many of you out there. Uh, we know y'all underpaid too, so we appreciate y'all. Got to give y'all that shout out. <laughs> no question, no question. Looking forward to the uh, the tendency with Washington. Of course, last time the Longhorns faced the Huskies was uh, last December. 
in that Alamo Bowl down in San Antonio. Uh, you know, who knew how big that game was then, uh, having been in attendance. It was a fun game, but Longhorns game. came up on the on the short end of a 27-20 to 20 ball game as the Longhorns played that game without uh, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson. The uh, DeMarvion Overshone did not play in that game, but uh, either way, Longhorns uh, uh, had their opportunities in that game. So uh, hmm. long, both the, both coaching staffs, I assume, use that as a roadmap and at least a starting point yes. uh, for, for scouting and no personnel question. and who's who. Because, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers is back, Michael Penix is back, receivers are back for Washington, and the Longhorns have uh, a new offensive identity this year kind of built around a, a dynamic passing game that uh, then sets up a, a game-closing running game that the Longhorns have kind of uh, perfected here late in the season uh, into the college football playoff. I will let everybody know that uh, um, this is a big beast before we get to our actual headlines. I know I saw where uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday, Ron. Rod DeSantis became the latest to slam the college football playoff committee, the CFP. (laughs) And uh, speaking at a news conference to detail his new budget, he's asking for a million dollars out of that budget to let FSU sue the CFP committee. That is great. Good for you. I mean, I guess he's hey, he's talking to his hey. constituents. Hey, he's, he's Florida folks. Hey, man, he, they, they would like to hear that. Yeah, they, they well, like that. That's good news for them. And don't pretend if the same thing didn't happen to Texas, that the same thing wouldn't be yeah. happening here. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, well, the exact no same. <laughs> I'm not judging at all. That's what I said. Hey, fantastic. Good for them. They they have a right to complain. They got a right to be upset about it. I, I, I think all of their arguments are valid. Still doesn't mean that <laughs> the college football committee didn't get it right. <laughs> I still think they got it right, and I still think Florida State has a valid argument and a valid complaint. Both things can be true at the same time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's still the topic around uh, water coolers, the topic around the country as well, not just on a, uh, a sports level, but it's kind of that national conversation. So mission the, the accomplished. Com- mission accomplished. That's exactly, exactly right. what the Cosmo Bowl Committee wanted. <laughs> they uh, want y'all talking about it still. Still feels like a lot of people overcomplicate the matter. Uh, it seems to me there were five power five conferences. Five, five, there are five power five conferences. They had All five had very worthy champions this year. Mm-hmm. Very worthy. There are only four spots. Only four. Uh, so at the end of the day, that was a tough, tough challenge. I think they, as you said, they got it right for got the it right. Uh, it's for, for the, the television product, guys. It's for, it's it's a TV show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> people are still talking about it's a TV, TV show. You gotta have uh, good but, television product. It man. is absolutely, and people yeah. are still talking about the uh, the other teams. You know, Georgia. What about Georgia? What about Ohio State? It's like mm. look at five conference champions from the Power Five. That's what this was set up to be. Exactly. This was the first time there were ever five very, very, very worthy. Um, you know, teams. Uh, so mm-hmm. it came down to splitting hairs here and there. But uh, right before they opened it up to twelve, so <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. They did it right in the nick of time. <laughs> right in the nick of time. Uh, and we had we played it yesterday with Drew Brees, the uh, uh, the the former Westlake Shaft, of course, Hall of Fame quarterback. He got on uh, social media and said, "Why don't you just let them play play, play in, just like next year will be? Let let uh, uh, Florida State play Alabama in a couple weeks and uh, earn that spot." But uh, obviously, that's not going to happen. But at least a provocative thought. Hey, you know uh, what? They may end up doing that after they get to twelve. There'll be people arguing about twelve and thirteen. I'll be like, you know what? Let's just do a play in. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do twelve, and then we're gonna do a play in spot. There you go for that for that twelve twelve uh, twelve or eleven spot. We'll do a play in. Yeah. There you go. Well, I add mean, more teams to it. Well, by by next year when we do this, all the co- all the conference champions will be in. That's a guarantee, right? If you win your conference oh, yeah, um, next year yeah. playing at this level, you will have a spot in the 12, and then there will be six, uh, seven at large. It's the a good five. chance if you're just a one-loss team. Yeah, one-two. One, two. Uh, yeah. It opens up, and obviously that's frustrating. I understand Florida State fans, and, and they have a very strong argument, as you said. But five spots, you know, five teams for four spots became a, a real challenge for the committee, and now lawsuits are coming. And, again, that's, uh, that's coming from uh, – 
the state of Florida. So uh, let's get to the headlines, trending topics. It's a busy uh, a Wednesday morning, 6th of December. We've got stuff going on, including the Longhorns. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. Yeah, college football, Longhorns. Well, Texas players taking a step back from football, finish up their academic year this week and next. Texas coaches by no means taking a break. They're on the road recruiting, looking to solidify and add a few more pieces to that 2024 high school recruiting class. On that front, confirmation from our friends at Inside Texas yesterday that five-star safety and Florida verbal commitment Xavier Filsamy has locked in an official visit to Texas ahead of the early signing window opening on December the 20th. The six-foot-190 pounder is the playmaking safety from McKinney, Texas. Texas. He'll be on campus the weekend of the 15th through the 17th this month. Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian and safeties coach Blake Gideon are also scheduled to make an in-home visit with Phil Samee and his family on Thursday night. Five Stars Triple occurred directly ahead of the recruiting dark period, which opens on the 18th, ahead of their early signing window, which opens on Wednesday, December 20th. Inside Texas also reporting that the Longhorns are showing serious interest in a trio of players who have entered the transfer portal this week, a pair of wide receivers and a safety with local ties. According to IT, Texas in pursuit of Purdue speedy slot receiver Deontay Burks, uh, the 5'11", 190-pounder from Detroit, caught 47 passes, seven touchdowns from former Texas quarterback Hudson Card this past season as a redshirt sophomore at Purdue. Texas is also very interested in a bigger body receiver from South Carolina, Antoine Juice Wells. He entered the portal on Monday, 6'1", 207-pounder, flourished with the Gamecocks after transferring there from James Madison. Physical player, run after catch, strong hands at the catch point. Both players expected to be at or near the top of the portal wide receiver market. Longhorns interested. Another player definitely on the Texas radar is Clemson safety and former LBJ Jaguar Andrew Makuba. Makuba started 10 games for the Tigers this past season as a junior. He was a freshman All-American in 2021, ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year. Keep in mind his high school head coach, Jamal Fenner, is currently the director of high school relations for Steve Sarkeesian. Major early season test tonight for Texas basketball. Rodney Terry's 12th-ranked Horns traveling to Milwaukee to face Shaka Smart and the 8th-ranked Marquette Golden Eagles as part of the Big East Big 12 battle. Texas has won back-to-back games over Wyoming and Texas State since suffering their only loss of the year to UConn back on November 20th. They return to a higher weight class tonight, facing the 6-2 Eagles. Uh, also tonight in New York City, Longhorn legend Derek Johnson will be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. During the National Football Foundation's awards dinner, Johnson was a consensus first-team All-America both in 2003 and 2004, one of the few elite, uh, elite Longhorns to do that. Back-to-back All-America honors also won the Nagurski Trophy as the nation's top defensive player as well as the Butkus Award. Uh, in his senior year in 2004, dinner and ceremony will air on ESPN Plus tonight. Also in the NBA last night, LeBron James scored 15 of his 31 in the fourth up the Lakers to secure the last semifinal spot in the inaugural NBA in-season tournament. They took a tough, tight win over Phoenix last night, 106-101. Uh, they're going to face New Orleans now. Also last night, Milwaukee went blitzkrieg on the New York Knicks to earn a spot in the semifinals there as well, 146-123. to Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. All right. Um, Ty's going to pull up this audio, but I want to get to it uh, a little bit later on. The Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, horns down diss. Oh, he still has a bird in his saddle from the Longhorns, still, doesn't he? Still upset about But uh, uh, we just have to have this discussion, Longhorn fans, because I know Longhorn fans get really upset about this. It's okay that he's doing the horns down. You can't get offended by horns down because now that you're, the brand is now playing to the standard once again in the college football realm, you're going to see a lot more. Think about how you were seeing the horns down when Texas was bad. Now that Texas is good and going to the SEC, you're going to see the horns down a whole lot more. Don't be upset about it. It's actually one of the greatest compliments in college football. It's 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 free media, free marketing, free advertising for the brand. The best, actually. 
arguably in sports. I don't, I don't know if there's any more distinct and unique um, diss that everybody knows what it's about. It honestly doesn't even need to be explained unless it's some little kid who's like, Mommy, what is that? Uh, that's about it. Everybody else, uh, pop culture-wise, even if you're not necessarily a college football fan, you know what that means. That's why you see a lot of ladies doing it. They're not even really fans. They're just, I was like, oh, this is the this, this, this. It's the modern middle finger for college football. And it's a beautiful thing that it Texas owns it. And everybody else can diss with the horns down, but everybody knows what it means. So that's why it's a beautiful thing, even when Aaron Rodgers does it. Guys, it's good to be hated to that extent. That's a good thing. You, so do we have, we have A-Rod here? I believe Ty's got it. All right, Ty, let's hit this. As Eric, I'll, he was on the Pat McAfee show, which he does every Tuesday. Yeah. Appears prominently on that program mm-hmm. on ESPN now. Let's hear uh, Aaron Rodgers. I feel about Florida State. Those boys. That was my team growing up. That was my team. I think they should have got in. Over? And Texas. Okay. Nice. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, nice. Oh. All right, but Texas beat Bama four months ago. Yeah, and Saban called us uh, to tell us to tell ago. the college football playoff committee to put them in. So, yeah, that's how ESPN. Yep. That's yep. why you just said what you just. Oh my God, he's an ESPN show now. Wow. Show. How? Because you want the SEC in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hope you feel good. Welcome to New York. All I know is in welcome to New York. All I know is the Pac-12 is in. Finally, the West Coast bias and last game in the conference. All right, there we go. There's Aaron Rodgers dropping uh, wow. bombs on there, but. Uh, you know it, that. No, I didn't realize he would get that. He'd get that passionate about it. Uh, I have no problem. <laughs> well, I'm with you, Rod, on the horns down. I'd say this to the Longhorn fans who get frustrated with horns down. Uh, who else has a sign like that? Was it? That's why it's so unique. It's, <laughs> no it's one else the has best, one. It's the best marketing advertising tool, probably free free advertising in college football, maybe yeah. in all the sports. I mean, a lot of people don't like Notre Dame, but there's really not a. A, a hand sign that you can, a simple gesture no. that everybody knows what you're talking about. Michigan, Ohio State, whoever it might no. be, no, Alabama. Um, with, with Texas, you know immediately, and that's, that's a compliment in my mind, especially now that Texas is back playing the top. I would say a couple things to McAfee and Aaron Rodgers. The game with Alabama was three months ago, not four. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I keep hearing that. People. Well, that was three months ago. Well, who cares? Why, don't play the games then. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, recency bias. I, mean. I know, I understand, but it, then, then, but, but head to head does matter. Doesn't matter what happened. I think it matters. I mean, what, what is Florida State arguing for? Games that were played three months ago, a game against LSU that was the first game of the year on Labor Day weekend. That, I mean, it's part of their argument, but don't say that Texas's win over Alabama doesn't mean the same. Agreed. This could happen the following week after you beat yep. LSU. Yep. Um, it's, those games matter. Uh, and, and diminishing them, I don't, you can't mean this is well, what would happen today. Well, we'll find out. We might find out what will happen today. Uh, playing those games matter. Uh, that is important. And even if it's in September, you can't just say, well, that didn't, didn't happen. Well, actually it did. Um, but either way, but as far, as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, we know he doesn't like Texas. That goes back to a beef he had with Mac Brown mm. that I covered back in 2004 when Texas uh, and Mac Brown politicked and lobbied their way into the Rose Bowl yeah. to hey. play Michigan. It was the first Rose Bowl before Texas mm. went return and beat USC for the national championship, but Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback for the Cal Bears that year. And Cal was who the other choice would have been for the Rose Bowl, if you remember. And <laughs> even back then, Mac Brown got into a bit of a war of words with Aaron Rodgers, a cocky young quarterback mm-hmm. who wanted his team into the, be in the Rose Bowl. And it was, you know, and went back, you know, whatever the, the politicking was. And in the end, the Rose Bowl chose Texas to play Michigan. And Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy about it. 
or what do they say, Rod, these days? There's butter about it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he still might be. Still's a little upset <laughs> about it, but that's all right. I mean, I totally I, – I get that. And I think he's among a lot of people who – there's a lot of hate watching with Texas. A lot of people – there are a lot of fans. It's a huge fan base, one of the biggest in all of sports. Uh, but also, you know, half – if not more than half the people who are going to be watching Texas, they're going to be hate watching because <laughs> they want to see Texas fail and they want to see, uh, you know, the, the brand actually diminish. So that's a, that's a good thing, though. That's like I said. It's, it means the standard of the brand is back. Texas – Right now is getting the cool factor back. All right, that's a that's something for teenage. I'm not a teenager anymore, right? I'm an old man, so cool factor doesn't matter to me anymore. But when I was a teenager, the cool factor did matter. All right, and cool is currency in recruiting, and recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. Uh, when I was 17 years old and a young teenager being recruited by Texas, Texas was not the it school. It was not a cool school. Mac Brown did a great job of coming in and spinning. Right. The the perception of Texas and using Ricky Williams to do it. When I was coming up, actually, the wrecking crew had more style points <laughs> and more street cred than Texas did, especially in H-Town. Now, that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. I was going to Florida State. Hell, Colorado was considered one of those it schools back then. Um, you know, I mean, so Texas wasn't at the time. Mac Brown comes in, Ricky Williams becoming kind of the rebel with a cause. And everybody knows how counterculture that Ricky was. Run, uh, Ricky, the, run. Yeah, the stuffy, kind of stuck-up, high-sedity reputation of Texas. He was anything but that. And anything, and you can, you know, you can say what you want about Ricky. You can criticize him. You can praise him. Whatever. One thing Ricky was and still is is cool. He always has been. He runs in certain circles because Ricky's considered cool because he does his own thing. And if right? you're ever he's around a, him for half a minute, you're like, hey, he's a pretty cool guy. He's, he's different. He's, he's different. different. He's his own guy, but, but he's cool. He's cool. And the, the media recognized that with Ricky, even though Ricky didn't want it, right? Ricky was, you know, he didn't, he didn't really, you know, embrace that. But he was cool. And I think Mac did a great job being able to spin that. They won the Heisman, brought a lot of attention to Texas. And after that, the flip of Chris Sims in the number one recruiting class, I know now long one fans – they, you know, obviously have a certain, um, you know, uh, feel feelings about uh, my man Sam's, and I get that. Um, but in terms of a celebrity quarterback and a celebrity endorsement from a Super Bowl quarterback son who was the number one player in the country at the time and flipping him from Tennessee, people forget at the time, at the beginning of the Internet era, you would type in UT into search engines and Tennessee would come up. <laughs> not necessarily Texas. Now that is not the case. Uh, but well, you know t- why that is? It's Peyton Manning. Yeah, at the time, like they they were kind of at it school, right? right? And, and think about mm. it: when Chris it, Sims uh, he committed from, to Tennessee, right? He had committed to Tennessee, and he was going to follow Peyton Manning. It was, and they had, they had won the national title. With that, that wasn't Peyton Manning. It was, it was T. Martin. Martin. But, it won, but they was they were at university. Is my point? Well, yeah, Texas was for sure. Not. And Peyton Manning was, you know, he played four years at Tennessee. He never yeah. won, it, and then T. Martin won it. Yeah. But Tennessee was an it school that had landed Chris Sims, and Mac flipped Chris to Mac, Texas. And then it did. It kind of flipped the UT to the UT. Yeah. And it, like I said, the cool factor, though, it was For sure. UT was a, a cool school. Mac 100%. really changed that perception. You get Corey Redden, you get the number one recruiting class, and then you start getting all these other players that want to play with the number one, uh, just like. Are we looking at Arch Manning right now? You get other players, right, that want to play with him because they want to play with the number one player in the country, and that's how you get Roy Williams and B.J. Johnson and Sloan Thomas, and then later on Sid Benson, and then Derek Johnson will go to the Hall of Fame tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the cool factor just kind of grows and grows. Now you got to win. You got to win, right? Can't have the cool factor without winning. That's why Texas hasn't been that cool in the last you know, 15 years. But once you start winning, you combine that with the cool factor. And I will say this about Sark. Sark's got some of that. 
Your Arch Manning commitment helps because that's your celebrity endorsement. So you got the Manning family hanging around. Sark, you know, the way he dresses, the shoes. I see kids talking about it all the time. Oh, man, look at his shoes. Look at his shoes. Shoe I, game is strong. Shoe game Sark. is strong. But his wife, she's a fashionista, so she keeps him all, you know, looking fresh and clean. You know, I'm 40-something, so I, you know, I'm, the cool factor don't matter to me. But why do you think Deion Sanders, who won four freaking games, right, was on TV so much and, and was getting so many recruits? Because he's cool. He's yeah. got the cool factor, man. Cool is currency. And, and Texas is becoming cool again. That's, they got to win, though, but they're becoming cool again. They, they had, did you see the John Wick celebration that the guys had for the touchdown? I did. <laughs> touchdown celebrations. Oh, well, there's they're, it's a, it's a cool factor now with Texas they hadn't really had in the last 15 years. And I'll give Sark a lot of credit and the players a lot of credit for bringing that back. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, that's, that's where the Horns Down started this conversation. Horns yeah. Down now has a cool factor to it. It's yeah. not, it's mock, it was mocking, I think, a lot of times when the team was, was poor and – uh, but, you know, you hate us because you're not us kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Hate us because you're not they us. They hate us because they ain't us. And they, yeah, exactly. And I think Sark can sell some of that right now. That, hey, we're going to select uh, the guys we want to be a part of us. They're going to fit our culture. They're going to fit what we want for our team. And uh, if we want you to be a part of it, that's, that's, that's how you flip it. And the cool factor is certainly on board. It's, it's a great parallel, Rod, with what Mac did in the early 2000s, having covered that myself and covered yeah. you while you were playing in Texas. And um, there's, you know, Mac, who was not cool, right? Mac, Mac, Mac. No, Mac, Mac was Vince, cool. Vince Young taught Mac, Mac Brown to calm down and be cool. He, right? understood, <laughs> he understood the importance of cool. When oh. he was recruiting us, he told us, while he was recruiting, he said, guys, I know you don't like Reebok. We're going Nike. Just give me some time. I'm a Nike guy. Where are you going to be Well, you Nike? come from North Carolina. Michael Jordan, are you yeah. kidding me? So he understood, he understood how cool Nike was, right? Yo, so yeah. he came in, he was like, Reebok? Man, Reebok ain't cool. What we are y'all doing? That. We yeah. got to change that. He would come in and tell us on recruiting this, guys. We going Nike. Don't you worry about all this Reebok stuff. Sorry, I know Reebok probably upset. I'm telling you, he was like, Nah, nah, we're not, we're not Reebok. We actually gonna be. He was like Nike. We Nike on the down low until we actually become Nike, and then we switched while I was here. But that was part of the cool fact. He was like, We can't be Reebok. It's not cool enough. The yeah. teenagers and gotta cool. go Nike. Uh, and enough that he, that, you know, remember Ricky Williams had the dreads, and Mac Brown had a hair policy. He did, and he allowed him to keep it. Now he says Sally talked him into it, but in the end, I think uh, it was Mac's awareness he that knew. he was cool. You gonna make him cut his dreads? He's gonna leave, and then if he cuts his dreads, he's not gonna be cool. Yeah, let him be cool. <laughs> let him be cool, man. Uh, and so yeah, <laughs> and we're seeing that with Sark. I think Sark's got a, a natural. He does have a cool. And, he's got a cool factor. Calmness so. to him that yeah. uh, players gravitate to, and it's genuine. Uh, but either way, that's where the Longhorns are. Good stuff right there with the Longhorns. Don't get offended by horns down. Uh, make it currency. Oh, as we talk about, because uh, uh, hate us because they ain't us. That's what I like. But uh, Longhorns are getting ready for Washington. And as I said in the headlines, there's a lot to talk about in the portal. Uh, there won't be a lot to talk about as far as football goes for the Longhorns for a little bit. But it's about player acquisition. Uh, it, it's, it all comes together now, this confluence of you know four mm-hmm. weeks of game, how do you divide your time with game prep, recruiting for high school, recruiting for the portal, uh, keeping your own guys happy on your own roster and those type of things. That's happening across the country, and it's certainly happening right here. Uh, we'll get back into those interesting names. Uh, the Andrew Makuba name is one. We're talking to Longhorns, and again, with the players we're talking about in the portal for the Longhorns, they won't, they'll be part of next year's team, right? They're not anything yeah. that can happen. I did have somebody ask me, I said, well, they can't come in and play, right? And, well, this is for next year. Mm-hmm. You're building your roster for 2024 Smart, now. Right. Uh, with the high school window opening on December 20th. That's the Wednesday before Christmas weekend. Uh, and, of course, the portal is open as of this past Monday through early January. So you have to be in it uh, if you want to attack positions, which the Longhorns do. Uh, two wide receivers, which I know you've watched film on, Rod, and uh, the kid Andrew Makuba from Clemson, mm-hmm. who was a star coming in at, AC, at the ACC, still started 10 games this year. Uh, there's a lot of thought uh, locally that uh, he wants to come back. Went yeah. to Austin LBJ, played for Jamal Fenner at LBJ. 
Uh, I played at a high level at LBJ, yep. and he's a need position for Texas in the back end of their secondary they, for they, 2024. They need him in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> they can use him right now. They can use him right now. Consider with Jalen Catalan in the transfer portal and Xavier Bryce also, so two safeties going. And then you got Derek Williams going to be suspended for the first half of the Sugar Bowl. Oh, no, you could use him <laughs> right, right now. So, But safety is one of those positions. You, just, you brought up uh, Xavier Phils to me. Right? Is it Phil Simi? Phil Simi. Yeah, because what I think we were saying, I think I said it wrong a few times. Well, so Jerry Hamilton, our friend at Inside yeah. Texas, we, we were calling him Phil Same. Phil and he Same. Talked to somebody yesterday close to him who would know. Yeah. Uh, sounded like a, a relative that it's mm-hmm. no Phil Simi. Phil Simi. Five star safety from McKinney who's committed to Florida. Remember, he's got, a, he's got a parent who lives in, in McKinney, and he's got a parent that lives in Orlando. Hey, remember, we got Ken – I think his kinfolk listens. Yes. Uh, we got some kinfolk. So give us some Phil Samee. Phil Samee that listens scoop, to the show. Because we got someone, yeah, cousin that listens yeah. to our show. So we appreciate <laughs> that. So we'll get into the portal, what it means. Also, the high school recruiting class, that's going to uh, – and now with the early signing window on December 20th, that's going to be 80 85% of your high school class, which uh, will include, you know, some, some really talented players for the future. But then, then the long ones are also trying to focus on the now, which – which is a matchup in the Sugar Bowl with Washington, rematch of last year's Alamo Bowl. So a ton to talk about. Plus, we start looking forward here on this midweek Wednesday to the uh, big NFL weekend, which the Cowboys play the biggest game of the week with the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town, a battle for first place in the NFC East. NFC East. Uh, we'll do some hierarchy, some power rankings in the National Football League as we hit the, uh, uh, the climax here, final you know, five games of the regular season into Christmas. Uh, we got a lot to do there as well. Basketball with the Longhorns. Got what the facts for the end of the hour. We are just getting warmed up on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. Uh, stick with us. Lock it in on 101.9 AM 1260. Stream it on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook em up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Appreciate you being with us on a Wednesday, midweek Wednesday, 6 December. What the facts for the top of the hour, including a lawsuit uh, that is one that Roger Goodell would just as soon go away, but it doesn't look like it's going to anytime soon. Rod, we get your details on that in What the Facts. Also, uh, NBA in-season tournament hitting its uh, final four teams, including LeBron and the Lakers. Milwaukee looking good last night. We'll get to some what the facts for the top of the hour. Also go behind that burn orange curtain. Several people weighing in on the text line. And we always appreciate your communication. 512-447-3776 says Texas should trademark the horns down and make some money off of everyone's <laughs> hate. <laughs> I don't hate that. Uh, no, no, let people use it. You know, like I said, it's free marketing. It's free advertising. Yeah, that so you want you want people to be able to use it. And then then you actually kind of prove people right that you're kind of being a Richard. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, that's you're, right. You're a corporate Richard. And you're like, no, you actually want to make money off of that. That's a good idea. You guys are doing it horns down too much. So, yeah, you know, let them do it. Let, let them make. Well, let, let, let them do horns down and let them eat cake. It's all good, baby. It's all good. It helps Texas. This is good for us. Yeah, I think that there's. A, uh, you know, there was a time, especially when the Longhorn Network came online and Texas won the Natty, and uh, you know there was a there was a sense it was like rooting for Texas, like rooting rooting for like Citibank or something. No, they and, were the man. Yeah, yeah, Texas no, became the man. Remember the man? Who were the man? man? Yeah, yeah, of yeah stick it to the man. People want to stick it to the man. Right. So it's hard to root for you know the the, the big the big credit card companies. It's hard to root for yeah. the Yankees, right? They have all the money. Uh, Texas became that right when they were in a conference where they mm-hmm. were so far and away the dominant, and it drove A and M out, whether that was the reason or not. Um, you know that Nebraska just couldn't stand Texas anymore. Well, it is it is a time now where Texas is moving to a conference where they're surrounded by big brands, right? They're they're part of it. Uh, they're they're still one of the biggest, but they're in mm-hmm. there with Alabama and Florida and Georgia. Huge brands, huge athletic departments, huge yep. budgets. And that's a good thing. I've always said that's Texas needs thing. to be there. 
Uh, and now they can be the cool program potentially in there mm-hmm. you know, because, totally um, you know, that, that's okay. And you can be hated. That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be embraced. Yes. You know, always have to be the good guy. You know, it's okay for you to be hated. And Texas, I think, has gotten used to that now on their farewell tour of the Big well, 12. Look, it's, it's worked <laughs> for this roster. I mean, Sark has played it up do. with the, the FAFO and – um, you know, keeping receipts and the John Wick mentality and, you know, embrace the hate. All that, uh, I think, has been a positive for Texas this year as far as uh, you know, staying focused and, uh, yeah, responding good. to it. Exactly. Uh, so, yes, that's a, that's a fun conversation. That stems from the Aaron Rodgers belief that, uh, um, which is just his old animosity towards Texas creeping back, that he thinks Texas, the, the committee got it wrong, Florida State should have been in, and yeah. Texas should have been out. But I think, it's, sim- I think it's a little bit symbolic that um, it, I think the hatred is growing, the animosity and angst toward Texas on a macro level is growing. He's just, he's just one of the kind of areas where you kind of see it, where you see it bubble to the surface. Right. But I think it's now because of Texas college football, as a college football brand, they've been good in a lot of other sports for a long time. So I don't want to disrespect them, but we talk about college football here and now that that brand is back and all of the other sports are playing you know at a high level too oh man that's why i think you'll get national hatred so my point is get used to the horns down not an insult at all reminds me honestly and i'm not trying to get political here i've made this comparison before and it's just about free media that's it i'm not getting to the political realm but it reminds me of president trump and what he did uh, his election, right? Uh, he was campaigning. Everybody, it was a lot of hatred. It was a lot of hatred. It was a lot of headlines. People thought, man, those are bad headlines. Well, sometimes any publicity is good publicity. He got so much free media, damn near $6 billion in free media. He didn't even have to, he didn't have to campaign, really. He didn't have to spend any money on campaigning. Media did it for him. Yeah, they were talking good about him. <laughs> we were talking good about him. We talked about him. People were just talking about him. They're talking about him constantly. Right, so, like uh, every day, all the time, we were talking about him constantly. And he got. Well, even on uh, whatever TV network you were watching, they were talking about him either good or bad. Yeah, horns down, um, horns up. They weren't, they weren't talking about their candidate. They were talking about yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you it's know. kind of what the Cowboys are, too. The Cowboys sure. are, are that, too. And that's what you want to be in, in that realm. So I'm not talking about. I'm talking about more as a brand, as Trump as a brand. And that's what it did. Sure. And 100%. you get a lot of free advertising when you're that brand, whether you're hated or whether you're beloved or both. Yep, 100%, 100% yes. agree with that. And Pat McAfee yesterday with Aaron Rodgers uh, bringing the Longhorns into the front of the uh, conversation because they hadn't been there. It had been Alabama mm-hmm. uh, versus Florida Florida State in that conversation, big picture. And I think Far the committee knows five. this too. They, look at all those brands. Could Michigan now? Do you know the highest rated games in, in uh, college football this year? Michigan. Michigan, of course. Well, that, was, that was all the media outside of it. Everybody's writing stories about uh, exactly. Connor Stallions and yep. the sign stealing. You know, yeah, it's, and Harbaugh's it's, making little quips and one-liners 100%. and talking about Judge Judy and stuff. Yeah, man, all that stuff helps. Hey, what the facts for the top of the hour, but let's uh, right now go behind the burnt orange curtain, talk some Texas football, deep dive with Rob. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, there are a couple of things I want to get into here. Uh, but first, I want to give uh, a shout-out to my man Derek Johnson. DJ. Uh, yeah, Derek Johnson going into the College Football Hall of Fame, and, I mean, well-deserved. It, hell, probably should have happened sooner. That's how good Derek Johnson was. And now is he one of the greatest players in the history of Texas football. And I actually shout-out. I want to pat myself on the back. I helped recruit Derek Johnson. I hosted him on his recruiting visit. And I remember, that's worth a shout out, Rod. Oh, I remember Mac Brown. I remember the conversation. Like Mac said, it, I don't know if I hosted a lot of guys. I don't know if Mac ever 
sat me down before I hosted a recruit and explained to me <laughs> how important it was. It was one of them conversations. Like a straight up, me and Mac, 10 minutes, like, hey, man, I, I, we identified you as the guy we need to host him because we, we need to close this deal. If we, we want to play for a national championship one day, we, gotta, we need this guy. Like he's that good. Wow. That's what Mac basically was basically broke down. I'm you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like basically we're not if we get this guy, he can basically turn the defense you're playing on into one of the best defenses in the country. Like he's just that good. And so I remember that and Mac was like, Listen, if you can't close it, I ain't gonna be mad at you and you got some other stuff going on. If you're distracted, that's okay. Um, let me know so we can put somebody else on it. And I was like, Tch. Come on, Mac. I'm your this. guy. Yeah, I got this. I mean, we'd be talking somebody close to show him. A, basically, my job is to show him a good time in Austin, Texas. Just don't give me no parameters, and we good. Don't ask no questions about how I'm gonna get this accomplished, and we good, Mac. So, hey, of course, Mac's smart. He had plausible deniability. He didn't ask any questions. <laughs> Just wanted to know, could I close the deal? It's like Mac, I can close the deal. All right. Told the wood about it, my dudes, Sims and 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 my boy Bo Skeezy and, and my boy Montreal Flowers. So the wood knew all about it. Like, hey man, we gotta get this dude. So, Hostmore's visit, obviously, everything went well. We end up closing the deal. We get DJ. Here's the beautiful thing about uh, Derrick Johnson's career path as a football theorist. Think about his arc of his pro career. Think about this for a second. It's fascinating. And I think it's football theory on a macro level. So, for the first six years of his NFL career, no Pro Bowls, no All-Pros. None. He didn't make his first all-pro team or Pro Bowl team. And now he's one of the greatest linebackers in the history of the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to say he's one of their – CBO let me know. He won the all-time leading tacklers on, on the team uh, in the history of the franchise. I mean, guys, yeah, I, he's in their Hall of Honor, Ring of Honor. I'll make sure I look that the up. The Chiefs? Yes. Oh, he is, for yeah, sure. Yeah, because he's, he's one of their all-time greatest players. But I'll, I'll get all these accolades in a second. But I want to discuss his, this, uh, his career arc that I think is, so, it, is really fascinating. So he didn't make his first All-Pro or Pro Bowl until he's 29 years old, almost 30. <laughs> Which in the NFL, dude, the average NFL career is three and a half years. <laughs> he's, he's deep into his second contract, probably damn near getting close to negotiate, you know, a third one before he makes his first Pro Bowl or All-Pro. Why? What happened? I've talked to Derek Johnson about this, and he's agreed. So my theory, my hypothesis has been proven. What happened to the NFL around 2011? 2010 spread yep spread based went more big 12-ish yep that's exactly right <laughs> yep cam newton comes into the league around that time rg3 comes into the league around that time you have coaches like my man shano uh that are going to uh college coaches like art browse saying all right we're gonna draft this guy i need your playbook i need you to i need to know how you weaponize this guy i need to know what you weaponize him with i need that they start running zone read, read option at the, at the NFL level, right, with these, with these dynamic quarterback renaissance athletes, right? Uh, because at, at this point, we're – I'm talking about right then. This is why I said B.Y. was – he was about five years too early. Yep. <laughs> He's about – if he'd have been born about five years later, man, B.Y. would have been – he'd have been thrown in that same conversation. But the NFL teams and NFL coaches started to be a little bit more progressive, and they started to steal and siphon these concepts from the college level to make sure they weaponize these quarterbacks, these really athletic quarterbacks they were getting at this level. And you've seen more and more of it now. It's 
it's just commonplace, right? Uh, but at that time, it was a relatively new thing. You see, even he knew, like, oh, yeah, they got – the NFL became more of a spread league. It started – it went from three yards in the cloud of dust almost overnight to a three-step drop league. <laughs> and my man Derek Johnson, when he came to Texas – he came as a spread baby. Think about it. In Texas, and Andy Reid has said this before, the lower levels are always five years ahead of the higher levels of football. He always said the college game is five years ahead of the NFL, and he would say the high school level is about five years ahead of college because they can afford to take more chances and be more creative and be more innovative. And they have to be, by the way. All right? uh, so necessity is the mother of invention kind of thing. So the spread, the spread of football mentality, it was at the high school level way before it was at the college level and way before, of course, it's at the NFL level. It got to the NFL last. So Derrick Johnson was a spread baby. He came, he came out of the spread era, running sideline to sideline, defending in space. Right? He was comfortable being, being, trying to, uh, being manipulated in space, so to speak, because he was fast right? and he had great instincts. All right, in space. He's one of the guys that would – a great story here. He came into Texas doing that, um, that tomahawk chop, that tomahawk yeah, kind of strip ball. Punch the ball where he would out. come out and punch. Yeah, I guess you call it a tomahawk punch, if you will. And we, nobody taught him that. He was doing that coming out of high school. He, we started teaching that in our drills on defense when we watched him do it. <laughs> we were like, that actually is pretty good. Guys, I think do that. Everybody started doing more of that. That is a great technique. He was just – he naturally did that because he was operating in space. He was just – he was a ball-oriented, havoc defender, all right, who was all, all about the ball but at a linebacker position who could run like a DB. Perfect for spread football. So in the Big 12, what happened in the Big 12? Right around the time he came in, the air raid. Mike Leach. Yeah. So it became a spread league. So he was, per- he was perfect. Everybody copied Mike Leach. He was perfectly at home. And then Oklahoma. The, and that's what took him so long – to achieve at the NFL level because when he just got there, he was playing in a phone booth, three yards in a cloud of dust, and he was good at it, but he wasn't elite at it. But when the league became a spread league, oh, he was he right out. reverted to what he was. Even at 29 years old, he was like, I still know this. Well, because Derek Johnson, who will go into the College Football <laughs> Hall of Fame tonight, the 22nd Longhorn, and congratulations to DJ. You, know, you said it, Rod. He was a linebacker who ran track in high school, ran the 100-meter dash, ran, did the triple jump. Just a freak, man. And uh, when these eyes first saw him, he was a chase player, right? He would chase things Great down. Great description. Uh, and then he would chase you down and wreak havoc at the point of contact, right? The, the ball would be on the ground or, you know, big hits. He was just so good in space. And cha- kind of like Micah Parsons, when, cha- when Micah gets out on, in, in space yeah. and just running things that's down. Not, that's not a bad example. And covering it. ground. I mean, it was just uh, a joy to watch. And obviously by his junior and senior year, he was first-team All-American. Won the Bronco Nagurski Award, won the but the Butkus Award. He was a great, great player, and way to go, Rod, bringing him to Texas and now explaining. It does make sense how he. That's why he started, uh, and I, I asked him about that one day because the like, league came to him essentially. Yeah, exactly. Right, he was almost ahead of his time because there. he was trying to learn. Okay, I've never played it. I played this way in high school and yeah. college, and now this is a whole new thing. I'll figure it out. But then, oh wait. Whole, look, the league's changed into what I like. It, it, it was like he was almost 30, and he was like, man, imagine. And I told him, I was like, dude, imagine if the league was spread when you got there. Damn. When you were in your prime. Because he, he basically admitted, like, I wasn't in my prime, man. I was, I was a savvy, good player, but I wasn't running like I was, like a, a gazelle. <laughs> I shot off a cannon like I was when I got to the league. But they didn't need that. They didn't ask him to do that. And he, he was like, yeah, that's a great theory. And I, I, like I said, I, I almost feel bad for him, but, he, you know, because I think he would have been a Hall of Fame player. 
Oh, I yeah. think if well, he, you he's, know uh, I mean? he's in the Chiefs Hall of Fame. Yes, if it happened. Pro Bowls, but you're right. He didn't make a Pro Little, Bowl until he was almost 30 and then played four oh, or five more years there. All-time leading tackler for the Kansas City Chiefs. He made the Pro Bowl in 2016. He was like in his upper 30s when he made another <laughs> Pro Bowl because the league came in. You, I thought you said that just right. Spread. And it's a good uh, football theory conversation about Vince Young because Vince Young got there five years oh, early. Oh, you did. Uh, five years early. Coaches who didn't want to change their offense for him? Yeah, stubborn. Uh, and, and at some level just like, set in their ways. But, you know, look who, where he went. He went to Tennessee with uh, Norm Chow and Jeff, and Jeff Fisher. Fisher. And those guys wanted Matt Leiner. And Matt, that was still the traditional mm-hmm. pocket passer, throw it from the pocket. And Vince wasn't that, so they didn't know how to weaponize him properly, even though he still had great numbers his first few years. But it was always a conflict with the head coach. And, um, you know, who knows if, if Vince was oh. a little bit later. Just no, about three years. Three maybe years, three years. Because yeah. I think he – because right around – was it uh, – yeah, because I want to say it was Cam Newton that really – it wasn't him, but it was around that time that all these athletes started well, coming into the it. league playing that position. Because well, Greg Davis had to alter, right? Greg Davis had his set off and kind of offense that he ran with Major and Chris and – Yep. Um, then Sims and those guys, and then it was it was when Vince came in that they finally said, well, we, I think it was Jim Grobe at Wake Forest who was the first guy running the spread uh, like that with a quarterback, right? Doing yeah, the, the, like R- the zone the, read. The zone yeah. read. It was like him and Rich Rod and those Rich, guys. Yeah, Rich Rodriguez yeah. at West Virginia, yeah. Jim Grobe mm-hmm. at Wake Forest, and Texas adopted it, and that's when the offense transformed, but there were still plenty of people in the football world that thought, no, this is gimmick. Yeah, he's just Superman. Yeah, uh, yeah he's just yeah, that, that, that's just Vince. Vince is just this other you know alien. Uh, we're not going to build an offense around that. We don't have that guy. Uh, so it was still traditional. But, yes, it's more and more coaches have been hired. The more and more it's moved up. I love the way you said that, five years behind high school, which is five years behind the pros. And those numbers would add up with Derek Johnson, who goes into the hall tonight. All right, good stuff with Rod behind the BOC. We'll come back. We'll get some what the facts, including a lawsuit to pay attention to. This is serious in the National Football Uh-oh. League. It's one Roger Goodell does not want to proceed. Uh, it is, uh, it's, it's one to watch. Also, uh, back on the Longhorns in the high school recruiting rankings and uh, also the transfer portal, there are actual names that the Longhorns are in hot pursuit of. We'll tell you who and where. Coming back, hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, what the facts time on a uh, busy Wednesday, a midweek Wednesday here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Rod, what do you think of this and a what the facts? According to Matt Musel, sports uh, reporter down in Houston, KHOU, Aggie football head coach Mike Elko has offered the Aggie offensive coordinator job to K-State offensive coordinator Colin Klein. Hello, Klein, what? Yes. Hello, A&M? A&M. Why? I don't know. Klein turned down the <laughs> Penn State OC job just last week. According to the same reporter, I like Colin Klein. Um, I thought the A's would shoot higher. Yeah, I. I mean, obviously, Mike Elko has a maybe he's got a philosophy, philosophy he wants, that wants to com- be compatible with his defense or something like that. Well, so the name to right. watch on the offensive side, and you know this Rod very well, is was, Brennan Marion. That's who I thought they. That's who I brought up that they should go after. I don't maybe. But they, he's in demand across the country, really, and he still wants to be a head coach. I know he wants to be a head coach, so he's not going to be there for long. But I think he'd be really good. You know, for the time he'd be there. I think he'd be well, really good. I mean, a, UNLV's leading. That's the, according to uh, Matt Musel, KHOU Houston. I mean, UNLV's leading the country in rushing touchdowns. I know they but lost that uh, title game. but They did. That, uh, man, he's a, he's a, and he's he was a in the mix team. for UTEP. He finished he finished second for the head coaching job at UTEP. Uh, Brennan Marion did. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like Colin Klein. I just thought they'd go for somebody who's a little bit more uh, explosive, consider a bit more, yeah. yes, uh, a little more modern offense. But I'm sorry, Colin Klein's pretty. He's really good. Maybe yeah. with more, you know, more talent. Yeah, maybe more talent that he'd be able to do more with it. So, 
What do you have in What the Facts, Rod? And that'll get you more on this lawsuit you need to watch. Uh, how about this? Uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is averaging, how about this? <laughs> yards per attempt on just screens. He's averaging 8.6 yards per attempt on just screen passes alone. <laughs> he's averaging more uh, yards per attempt on screens than 28 starting quarterbacks are averaging on everything this year. God, you know what? Uh, he, he's, a, he's a part of a machine of an offense when they're it healthy. Show and, you. Yeah. Because uh, as we said, I mean, people have him up for the MVP, and I wouldn't vote for him because I don't think he's a good player. I think he's not even the best player on his offense. Not I mean, the he best might be the, in fifth, the backfield. He might be the fourth best player on his own <laughs> offense behind, you know, Trent Williams and Debo and uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's part of it, though, man. It's a machine when they're, when they're cranking. It's it impressive is. to watch. No, it is. Uh, Eagles-Cowboys this weekend, the biggest game in the NFL. All right, here's that NFL story, Rod. More than two years after Raiders head coach John Gruden filed a lawsuit against the NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell for allegedly leaking emails that forced his departure from Vegas and cost him his career, the Nevada Supreme Court will take up the question of whether the case should be sent to arbitration. Uh, this is from A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports, hearing that a three-judge panel will hear it on January 10th. The hearing will be televised. Okay. Wow. Uh, yes. The hearing will be televised. Yes. I wonder who got man. And this is a big deal because if this goes forward and if uh -oh. the Supreme Court in Nevada rubber stamps this to go forward to arbitration, well, then it's under oath. Then it is uh, discovery time. And this is what John Gruden, John Gruden refuses to settle. Yeah, because he wants the dirt out there. Oh, yes. He wants the dirt. He's like, y'all want to trash my name? Yes. Y'all like, I'm the bad guy here? Yes. Oh, I'm not the bad guy. Yes. Well, he might be, but he, <laughs> he wants to make be, sure the other. There are other bad guys, right? <laughs> yes, yes. That are worse. Actually, there are others who are worse than me. And That's remember, this got caught up in the Daniel Snyder investigation, which led mm -hmm. to leaked emails, which led to John Gruden and you know, some racist language that were in the emails that got to forced him to resign his position. And because remember, John Gruden left a job where he was cushy doing the Monday Night Football thing, making yeah. good money. And he took the Raiders job, and this caught, he had to step aside. And uh, Raiders been a bit, of, a bit of a tailspin ever since. So keep he, an eye on that January 10th to the Nevada Supreme Court. He better make sure that it's actually some real dirt. Because if it's just some stuff that people don't care about, it, Americans, we get easily distracted. We move on fast. Oh, I know. <laughs> so he better make sure, like, it's, it, he's, got, he's got some real, like, show-stopping dirt on these owners and NFL. Otherwise, all for nothing, you should just took the money. <laughs> well, that's if, if you should have took the money, it would away. If it's not something like that, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm assuming he's got something that's going to stop the show. Well, or he thinks he's behind there, and you're right. It's one of those. It's, what's what's like in the, the smoking gun? He's yeah. got it. It is like oh, well, what's man. in what's in Jimmy Hoffa's grave yes, or something? Right? <laughs> what's go. there? Well, we'll be right. watching, I think, because oh, you know, th yeah. this goes all the way to where he's suing the NFL and Roger Goodell oh, yeah. specifically. Oh yeah, and the, listen, the NFL. Oh no, NFL reporters are going to cover it because they're waiting. They're waiting like us. They're waiting like oh man, this, he must have well, a the bomb NFL, shell that he's ready to drop. And the NFL is so powerful. Typically, they could move the, these proceedings. They either buy somebody out, mm -hmm. settle it with them, done deal, or into one of their little kangaroo courts that yeah. kind of has a you know they do that appointed judge that they want because they have the CBA. But he's no longer he's not bound by the CBA. No, no, everybody else uses no, no, no. <laughs> now this is one to watch. That's one to watch with John Gruden because oh, he seems right. like he's got his you know he's he's not giving in on this and he wants Roger Goodell. He wants league officials under oath and he wants discovery. He wants yeah. things on the record. Yep. Uh, emails. And NFL hates being on the record. <laughs> no, I'll tell you right yeah. now, they do not like being. They do not like people going. Well, you had you asked this question and you had this response. They don't like that. No, they especially don't like discovery. It means financial record stuff. They don't want like sharing that stuff. Mm -mm, no. Well, and it's not just Roger Goodell. <laughs> you got to know other owners. Mm -hmm. They're like what.
And then you got emails and texts that are on the company phone. These old billionaires, they don't know oh. how to use that stuff. They send out all kind of stuff <laughs> on the phone. So, uh, yeah, no, it could be a problem. It could be. Keep an eye on John Gruden. A huge problem. John Gruden, he just won't go away, will he? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, two he, years now. Hey, he knows where some of the bodies are buried. He, he's been around the league long enough to know where the bodies are buried. And he's one of their own, and now he's turning against them. Trouble. Yeah, and he, he's refusing to settle. Uh, I know. That means. No, no dollar amount he, enough. He's standing on principle. That's dangerous. NFL yeah. like, prefers you to stand on money. Like, now nah, we got plenty of that. We can solve our problems with money. Principle? The NFL's not really, you know, they don't really have a moral compass. So they don't understand that kind of stuff. All right, we'll come back. Rod's got a rant coming up first of two this morning on our, our five-hour morning conversation. We'll also reset the headlines and those uh, portal prospects the Longhorns are chasing. Uh, and also a big high school prospect, five-star, we'll tell you about in our headlines. We roll on. It's Hook Up with Ian Rod B. Having fun with you on a Wednesday. Glad you're with us on 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and always at hornfm.com.